1: Hello, Holly. Hi,
0: Dave.
1: How are you today on the What Differences Make podcast?
0: I'm doing great today, Dave. I really am. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm festive. We're in the, the heart of holiday season right now. And what's more festive than Barbara Streisand? <laughs> Does Barbara have a, a holiday album? She must have a holiday album. Have you ever heard Jingle Bells? Where it's just hyper Barbara.
0: Jingle, buzz, jingle, buzz, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle, buzz, jingle, buzz, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. We're dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. All the fields we go, laughing all the way. Hey, buzz, on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. Oh, what fun it is to sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle, buzz, jingle, bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle, buzz, jingle, bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh.
1: It's insane. It's cocaine, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know if you know, but Barbara's got a memoir that came out.
0: She has a memoir. It is 992 pages. My name is Barbara.
1: I believe her name is Barbara. Barbara Streisand is the name. And winning an EGOT is her game.
0: I love how you found our guest. I guess we didn't have to read the book because our guest read the book and then she wrote about her for the LA Times and that is how you found her.
1: Right. I wasn't going to read a thousand pages. That's crazy. So I wanted to talk to someone who had, <laughs> and we found the person. This is Alana Kaplan. And she wrote a review in the LA times. Uh, and she got through these 992 pages or 48 hours on audible. Uh, if that's the way you you prefer your books, which is sometimes what I like to do, but I um, now, if I could be in a car for 48 hours, usually that's how I, when I listen to my audible, I'll go for a 48 hour walk and, and enjoy this book.
0: Figure out how, a road trip, like how far you think you could drive <laughs> while listening to Barbara Streisand and there and back.
1: Yeah. Consider that. Okay. That's a great idea. Road trip. Sounds great. But in the meantime, we're going to talk to Alana Kaplan, who wrote this book review, wrote a book review on <laughs> she a book report. She turned in a book report, and we've graded it for her. We gave we're giving her an A, and her reward is to be on our podcast. (laughs) Some prize. That is that's a prize. That's you you can't beat that. So anyway, this is exciting because I love talking to writers and and people who are passionate about music, and Alana is clearly one of those people. And the fun thing is, she's younger than us, a lot younger than us, and so she gives us a brand new perspective and we can we can ask her about britney spears and she can give us an educated opinion on the britney spears memoir and also why don't you tell us about social media
0: please check us out on social media where you can find outtakes of our chat with Ilana and from everybody else we've interviewed these past few years on youtube at what difference does it make podcast and on our social media at wddim podcast
1: all right so let's get into it right now this is alana kaplan on the what difference does it make podcast there she is.
0: Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm sorry I'm a few minutes late. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I know you said you're under, you know, on a deadline, but it's probably ongoing for you.
2: Yeah, I, I was able to file what I had, but yeah, I just need to get through.
1: <laughs> What's your project? What are you working on?
2: It's actually my book.
0: Oh.
1: So
2: I had a, a really big manuscript deadline, and it just took longer than I anticipated. I'm super excited for this.
0: Nora Efron. Nora Ephron. Yeah. When do you think it will be released? Uh,
2: Hopefully next fall. It's looking like. I mean, I was asked to do the book, actually. I grew up watching her films and stuff. I feel like I've covered the rom-com space for a long time, and particularly, like, interviewing, doing oral histories of rom-coms. And also, I'm guessing, like, part of the reasons why they asked me is, like, I'm a Jewish female journalist that, like... Also writes about film. So,
1: (laughs) all right, we're in the holiday season. What is (laughs) your go to rom com that makes you happy? Is it, do you still like Love Actually? I've fallen off the Love Actually train. Are you, but are you, do you still love it?
2: I still love it. I mean, I, it's cheesy at times, but I like, I love Emma Thompson's storyline and that, like, and just, oh, like, she she just delivers such a gut punch in that movie. I my husband's always like laughing at me because I watch like the worst. <laughs> I will watch like the worst of the worst holiday like rom coms.
1: Like even Hallmark is that is that unfortunately is this, your, this is your time when, of the season then.
2: Yeah, it's I don't know why it's just like soothing to me to watch these movies even though they're
1: awful. Okay, It doesn't matter which one as long as it says is it has the Hallmark. <laughs> And you're all in.
2: But rom-com, I would have to say, I mean, it depends on if you categorize this as one, but I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You is one of my favorites. <laughs> also, You've Got Mail and <laughs> uh, The Princess The Princess Diaries is probably the one that people, I, I consider a rom-com.
1: You are of a certain age that I'm sure that meant the world to you growing up. Like Anne sure Hathaway. Yeah, right. You see Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay. She is your Streisand, I would imagine. Conc- sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well.
0: Dave, quit putting
1: words in her mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm
0: trying I'm trying You're choosing rom coms. You're I'm, choosing
1: I'm doing I'm the I'm the the segue king. I'm trying the segue yeah. around here.
2: <laughs> so the Barbara Streisand, did you read the whole book? I sure did in about three days.
1: Oh well, hold on a sec. All right. Then tell me, how do you do that? Because this is literally a thousand pages. The Audible book, you could have listened to the Audible and it's 48. It's literally 48 hours long. So it took you actually just one extra day. Why one extra day?
0: Had to eat and sleep a little. (laughs) Dave, you're presuming that it's a nonstop
2: 48 hours of (laughs) just listening to.
1: It must be. You are that focused. You could read that long.
2: I was definitely speed reading some of the book, and honestly, I was just like every like if I was doing something else, I would be like holding my, I would be walking somewhere. I was reading. I was like walking on a treadmill. I was reading. I was constantly reading this book for three days because I was on a very tight deadline to write a story, and also the font is very tiny in the book. (laughs) But the book answered it like it's like the Bible for any. Barbara Streisand fan ever. She doesn't need to do another interview again. And she even says that in the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What uh, can I ask you your Barbara Streisand origin story?
2: Um, in terms of just like Like,
1: Did you grow up as a fan? Is it just like it was in it was like immediately you knew Hello Dolly and, and uh funny girl?
2: I am more a fan of her so I was always like fascinated by her as a celebrity figure than like I watched all of her productions. Like she has always had this mythology and celebrity culture that I feel like is fascinating. And I think that's what has been alluring to me. I can't say that I've seen every one of her films because I haven't, but I've just followed, you know, her romances over the years and her, I I mean, that's the thing that really fascinates me in general about celebrities is, you know, like, what goes on behind the scenes. And she's just woven into the fabric of history in so many different ways. And I, I feel like you'd be hard pressed to find someone who isn't, even if they, they haven't seen every film and, and listened to every album she's put out, she's still such a fascinating figure that like, you wanna know, like you're hoping when you read that book you learn more about her cloning her dogs or something. Like there's <laughs> just something for everyone.
1: All right, <laughs> tell me about the cloning of the dogs.
2: I mean, that wasn't, I didn't, that wasn't really a a part of the book.
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't put it past, she's in these past interviews, you know, you see her on Colbert. I listened, I watched her whole Stern interview and she's just saying, I'm just a normal woman. I just do these normal things, blah, 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 blah. Then you you go see her on Colbert, same thing. But then they go to her house and she has like a, a mall, literally a mall in her home with these China doll, like these freaky dolls. And I mean, that's what you expect to see. Like, like Michael Jackson, kind of a little cuckoo craziness, even though she's nowhere near that. But is that what you want to see in Barbara?
2: Totally. I mean, I feel like that's, you know, those are like the fascinating moments that you get from celebrities, those little details. But I feel like she kept emphasizing in the book that, like, she's like, I just like to live a normal life. But, like, she's a normal lady with millions and millions of dollars. I think she, in that way, she just likes to be private and reclusive and not speak to the press. So, like, normal, but still also very rich and lavish life.
1: Right. Could you imagine her at, at Ralph's, you know, going through the Frozen food aisle? I mean, do you, can you see that? I mean,
2: kind of. <laughs> really? Honestly, I feel like she'd put on a hat and just, like, appear. like <laughs> <laughs> Just appear. Honestly, I liked how even, of course, I feel like money and fame changes you, and I don't think she discounts that in the book, but I do feel like there's a large level of self-awareness and groundedness that she's maintained throughout her career and like a lot of that really stems from her upbringing in the projects and I mean she cites her upbringing in Brooklyn so much and I think that just never really left her
0: I've only been reading excerpts and everything else I can find and watching Colbert same thing as, as Dave but I mean I learned so much just from not even finishing the book yet when she was starting out it was almost like scrappy you know Like she was Mm -hmm. she was angling for gigs and working in theaters and stuff. And you like you just don't picture her that way at all now, you know, knowing who she is. But she was like anybody, I guess, trying to, you know, make get their start in entertainment.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I mean, she was like staying on people's couches all time. She was like living on several friends' couches as she like took on gigs and really trying to get her foot in the door and try to get people's attention all the time and. I think she always knew she was going to be famous, too. I think that was, she had that confidence. And again, in the book, like, one thing that she says from the get-go is how she, like, doesn't really understand how she got this diva, like, title associated with her and like people that have never met her like somebody at a doctor's office assumed she was a diva because they heard it from some a friend or something and she spends the book dispelling that and I think that it kind of goes back to again like I feel like if you are a woman in the entertainment industry if you have boundaries if you ask for what you deserve you automatically are labeled a diva or difficult to work with and still like none of us were on these sets but she seems quite reasonable but also very sure of what she's looking for and not mean not rude but I feel like it was a different time she was dealing with a lot of male bigwigs in the industry and it makes sense that she was labeled this way even though she's likely not but i do think that when she's describing she's going into depth about like a lot of these productions and like hundreds of pages about every single thing that happened on this movie set it's clear that like when she was so passionate about a project like Yentel or like she was directing for the first time she was very very uncompromising and with her vision. And like, I feel like when you're really invested in a project and especially directors, I think you get really wrapped up in that stuff and you can be perceived that way, even if you're not, even if it's coming from a place of just passion and care for the
1: art. With her films that she made, that it was just the detail, just judging from what you read in the book, it seems like you said there were like hundreds of pages on specific films. That was probably notes that she had or you know she probably has like a whole book of yentl of like every single thing that she wants in the film like that detail and she has to make sure that that that's realized
2: yeah i mean that's what it sounded like i mean she was providing like not only like affairs she had on set or like personality clashes but like just details of certain of the way it was filmed and the casting and the casting changes and like details you never thought you needed she provided in the book to an extent where some chapters i was like i need to skim some of this (laughs) because it was just i mean like for you know like film nerds i feel like it was an incredible amount of detail and she kept journals over the years but like for me i was just like i know i need to like pull out certain things for this piece so i can like Really
1: quickly okay the time has come to go shopping let's see if we can go grocery shopping and see if we can find barbara streisand she's just a regular person who we might find at a trader Joe's. so we're gonna take a break right now we'll be right back
3: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds
0: on the What Difference Does It Make podcast with our guest, Alana Kaplan. All
1: right. Well, let's talk about your writing of this review. You got it in the LA Times. That's how I found it. Did it go anywhere else or was it just for the in the LA Times?
2: I think it was just LA Times. Oh, okay. they had, my editor had asked if I wanted a quick turnaround assignment and I wasn't going to... I love, I cover a lot of celebrity memoirs and I... Love. I wasn't going to shut down an assignment to write about the Barbara Streisand memoir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wasn't as much a review as just like there's just so much. I'm going to break it down into segments, like the things that people want to know: the nose, the relationships. Yeah, being a diva was that initially the the way you wanted to to frame the, this review
2: you know, every publication has their way of doing things. And with this, I was kind of instructed to have some takeaways embedded in the review and format it a little bit differently. Because with something like this, the book is so dense. And you know that when I mean, this goes back to like getting clicks on a website, you know, that people want to read certain things about the person. So as I was reading the book, I was taking notes on the things that were most fascinating and that I thought would be the biggest topics people would be speaking about and things that kept coming up in her work. And the one thing that's really was such a through line of her career was her relationship to Judaism and just the way she speaks in her book and talks about her culture and and talks about her father. It's just such a part of her life and it's really threaded into all of her work so that was a, a key point for me. The thing is she talks to her nose as like comes up again and again, the way that people will address it or tell her she should get a nose job or like Photoshop her nose on one of her albums and she was like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. So it has been such a part of her career. And I think her addressing it in so many different ways is pretty fascinating and telling. And also like everyone who's reading that book wants to know and every celebrity memoir is curious about the affairs and the relationships. And like, she is very honest about everything. She had affairs. She was the other woman in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. She had like emotional affairs with folks on sets and like people who maybe even expect proposition to her or assume they were going to have an affair and that's the stuff that you know people are going to be interested in so that's kind of how i thought about that and broke it down i feel like when you are covering news and covering stuff like that you just get like a sense of what you know people are looking for when they're going to look for this article
0: speaking of the affairs which is fascinating in her life because she does speak about it very matter-of-factly i mean other people might be surprised but I remember Andre Agassi. I remember when it was happening with Agassi and I remember thinking, is this, is this really happening or is this just a prep, you know, just a, you know, like a, you know,
2: for the public's enjoyment, but it really happened. I get a sense from this book that like she did what she wanted to do and like, she wasn't really out to play games too much. And I feel like I don't remember that relationship because I think I was quite young, but because it's funny because I feel like some people when they're reading it, they're like, oh, my God, I'm reliving this history. And for me, I was like, oh, I'm learning about this history that I just I wasn't as like skilled on her history of affairs. And that was just the most fun part for me to read. But I mean, out of the book, she's just like really an eccentric person. And that's what I liked about it.
1: I guess she's at that point now where she, if something interests her, I mean, she takes her time choosing projects, but she was in a Seth Rogen movie. It was in Gu- guilt trip. Did you, I'm sure maybe you saw that one. Nope. <laughs> I actually don't think I did.
2: I don't know. I feel like I, ten- I love Seth Rogen, but yep. I feel like I confuse his movies at this <laughs> point or like not all of his <laughs> movies, but like that period of time. Oh no, I actually didn't see guilt trip. Well, like I felt like he was putting out all the movies with like James Franco and like those guys for a couple years and I just they all blend together to me
1: <laughs> he's sure. the one making the Jewish movies now you know
2: yeah I know and, I love him
1: yeah and I dang. love him. I too, too, I'm a big fan did you see funny girl with Leah Michelle oh yeah thank yeah. you Leah Michelle thank you I hey. haven't
2: yet okay. I actually I thought about it I don't really like Leah Michelle so mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. I know she's I've heard she's really good in it but yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I would love to go back in time and see Barbara Streisand.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we all do. The dream. Besides, I mean, you took your three days. Did you listen to any of the music at all? Or I think actually just recently she released from the early 60s some club performances, which are just stunning. They're just amazing. Happy days.
0: Cheer again, happy days are here
3: again, all
0: together.
1: I
2: mean, I have listened to her music before and when reading this, honestly, like this, I was in like, it was as if I was cramming for an exam. Like I was just (laughs) reading the book. But afterwards I was like, oh, let me listen to Evergreen. And like, I love A Star Is Born, the remake, obviously. So iconic or like, Papa, can you hear me? I grew up listening to that. Her songs have been woven throughout my life, but it wasn't something I regularly listened to, but she's like an unparalleled talent. You can't deny her impact on culture over the years every aspect yeah.
0: including philanthropy
2: yeah i mean she's an egot. she's done it all at this point and after this book she really says like she's like i don't need to do an interview again i'm like you really don't you've said all you needed to say and like it's a thousand pages like
0: <laughs> so do what you enjoy
2: like hanging out with her clone dogs and <laughs> right having john travolta over for dinner like it was just funny hearing her like talk about her casual dinners with these celebrities are like just funny
0: <laughs> her husband it just looks so sweet to me you know you just get such a sweet sense of the relationship
2: yeah she's just in the book the way she speaks about him is just like he's like the guy she's was waiting for her, her whole life and she has this obsession with teeth and she's just like the first thing she loved about him was he had good teeth. And like she yeah. says that about multiple people. And it's just so funny. It reminded me of my best friend who's like, also the first thing she notices is people's teeth. And he has to have good teeth. Never of them. So I'm... for Barbara, she made it clear that was a requirement in the book, like several times over. But it was just funny how you're like, oh, okay, that's the first thing she says about him. Everybody has their
0: thing. I'm... That makes her feel normal.
1: I thought it would be shoes, but it's not. Did she consider Elliot Gould the first love of her life?
2: I felt like she loved him, but when she describes him, she's like, Well, he wasn't really attractive. You could tell it was like a kind of like a starter husband for her. Like, and that's what it and she's very like practical about this. It seems like they've just had all of a lot of her relationships have just turned into friendships. It evolves into that. And they have a kid. They were always in each other's lives and I think that like she met him very early on when she was starting out and their lives changed a lot. And like, she got way more famous than him for a long time. And then like his stars started to rise. They just grew in separate directions.
1: Did you ever see what's up doc? The screwball comedy. That's Peter Bogdanovich with Ryan yes. O'Neill. That was another love affair. Wasn't it Ryan O'Neill? She had like a, a thing.
2: with yes, him. She, yeah. had a, she had an affair with him relationship with him. I think <laughs> what's up doc.
3: Did you happen to know that I uh, love you? Yeah. You did? Do?
1: Listen, kiddo, you can't fight a tile wave.
3: About those things I said, I mean, the way I acted back there, I'm sorry.
1: Let me tell you something. Love means never having to say
2: you're
3: sorry. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard.
2: There are a lot, a lot of those stories in the book. And then a lot of them like some of them started before they even acted together so then by the time they're acting like they're not dating anymore or seeing each other or there's overlap with somebody else so there's a
1: lot of that a lot of overlap okay yeah we'll just call it we'll call it overlap that sounds harmless
2: i mean she's lived such a fascinating life i mean good for her
1: okay so what was the more interesting since you i'm sure you read the britney spears memoir did okay so compare and contrast
2: i mean they're two very very different memoirs (laughs) in a lot of ways like i was waiting with bated breath for the britney memoir but i also knew that i wasn't going to get a barbara streisand level of detail memoir like britney's memoir is barely 280 pages i think and It's very much written like an extended Instagram post. There's a lot of juicy details, but there's a lot of information left out of it. Barbara's memoir is very comprehensive, and anything you ever wanted to know about her is basically in that book. So I feel like they're vastly different. Also, Brittany is 40 years younger than her. I hope we get several more memoirs from Brittany. (laughs) I think that this one was probably rushed to get out with you know, the end of the conservatorship. And I think that there might be another one. I don't really know. I think that they're two very different kind of stars. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Barbara's memoir is interesting because it's like, obviously, it caters to the interests of like film buffs, theater buffs, musicians, and Hollywood history buffs. If you look like, I feel like you don't even have to like, love a um, a celebrity who writes a celebrity memoir if they're like from a certain period if you love Hollywood history you're probably going to love every memoir that comes out about Hollywood history I think I enjoyed them both for different reasons and I think that Barbara's is more well written after reading hers I feel like she spent years I feel like she just toiled over this book I don't think that she was hands-off on that book
1: is what i'm (laughs) yeah like her movies so it sounds like you you got what you expected in both books like you want you got barbara you got britney and they they both delivered the goods that you expected and
2: yeah and and that's more so like and
1: probably even more so yeah
2: yeah and like you know that satisfied me i love a good celebrity memoir (laughs) the britney
0: spears like I feel like, and so I said to my daughter, because my daughter read it, and she said, you know, you have to read this. And I said, I feel like I lived, you know, I lived through so much of her stuff. I've always been a fan, you know, of her music. I feel like it was so tragic and so sad. Everything that happened, you know, to her and every just everything she's been through that I didn't know if I could take it again,
2: you know, even though I, she deserves my attention. I have heard so many people say that. And the thing is, the memoirs, is sad like there's some funny elements to it just the way that Brittany writes or describes memories but it's ultimately very sad like we've all been thinking it i or at least the, a lot of the people i know have been thinking it but we're all like they were probably gonna try and kill her in this conservatorship but like sh- i didn't expect her to say it in the memoir but she says it it's really sad to you know like when you're seeing her acknowledge that like her family probably whether or not they intentionally were trying to do that, it could have been a casualty of the conservatorship and nobody would have cared, it seemed like. And her acknowledging that is really sad. And, like, what greed does to a family and what fame does to a family. And I think that, like, yeah, we lived it. But, like, I feel like she's, you know, obviously with the conservatorship and then she's been rather reclusive from, like, press or whatever... Just kind of seeing her say those words is just like really gutting. It's like, wow, you could be so beloved by so many people and just be so yeah. alone.
1: Have you seen the movie Priscilla yet?
2: No, I'm planning to go this week.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. You'll see it's it's almost it's kind of a similar story in a way, but yeah. But more creep well, yeah, about the same amount yeah. of creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> Some it's a bonkers story I'm excited
2: story. to see that. But, like, yeah, I think also with Sophia Coppola behind it, like, I think oh. she always does a great job of, of portraying these, like, coming of age films, but also, you know, doesn't negate the inappropriate age difference and a lot of the issues that I think have been ignored in history to some degree.
1: Yeah. And it goes quick. Like all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait, th- I'm so used to long, long, long movies. Yeah. <laughs> I sat through Killers of the Flower Moon for like three and a half hours. And then Priscilla's just like.
2: I feel like she's kind of the master of like a 90 minute movie. Oh, yeah. Like um, she, she, the bling ring, I remember was very quick. Yeah, like yeah. That was like, but she does such a great job of like a snapshot in time. And like, just, it doesn't even matter that she didn't go into all the, You know, sometimes when writers and directors focus on like two wide spanning an amount of time. It just, you feel like you're speeding through their history. So
1: Oppenheimer could have been shorter as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, any other books that uh, I'm, as I'm, I'm looking at the, the pitchfork list of books, did you read goth? The, uh, does t- uh-huh. the, 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 the cure interest you?
2: I haven't read that. Yet. I know about that book, but I haven't read it yet.
1: Lou Reed I, uh, has one. Did...
2: Oh, I am very excited for that. Will Hermes. Okay. Yeah. Is- a great writer and I know he's writing working on the book for a long time. So it is on my list, but yeah, I've been, um, deep in right. I feel like, you know, sometimes when you're writing a book and writing other things for a living and reading at the same time, all the time, I honestly just my form of relaxation is like Bravo TV. (laughs) So So a lot of times I don't really like, do a lot of academic reading when I'm like very busy, but now that I have a little bit more time, I'm going to do that.
1: Sounds like you you juggle, although you know, as opposed to Barbara Streisand, who's just uber focused on what like once she gets a project, that's all she thinks and and does, and that's that's the way she operates.
2: I learned from Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> way to circle back,
0: Dave.
1: Well, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying to do something. <laughs> Your mom must be thrilled about Nora Ephron, that you're you're doing this book.
2: I think they're just excited I'm writing a book. I'm like, I still <laughs> don't really know if they remember what it's on. <laughs> like, they'll know what it's out. It doesn't really feel real, and it feels like someone else wrote the book. So even though it was me, I just wasn't really in my body fully, I think.
0: Will you come back and talk to us once the book is out? Because I can't wait to read it.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. I hope that it all goes smoothly from here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a long process.
1: Happy holidays. Thank good you. luck good luck surviving you your parents at the at the dinner table and mm-hmm. you know
2: You guys enjoy your holiday, too. Thank you for having me. All right.
1: I was very happy to to avoid reading a 1,000 pages and just talk to Alana for an hour. That that was the highlight. You used her. I did use her. I hope she approves. Um, My apologies to to Alana for for taking up an hour of her time so I don't have to read a book.
0: Alana is our cliff notes
1: for My Name is Barbara. Thank you so much to Alana. We had a great time talking with her and learning a little bit about the ins and outs of Barbara's life and Alana's life as well. We may have her on the podcast once in a while. What do you think?
0: I think Alana would make, she's a great resource. I think uh, she would have a lot to offer this podcast. So yes, please come back, Alana.
1: Okay, very good. I would say please come back to all our listeners because uh, we put these out once a week. So, you know, click, subscribe, give us a nice review. Say something lovely. It's the holiday season. Please give. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and check out our website at wddimpodcast.com and you can like check out our entire catalog. You can look for artists that you might be interested in and click on those.
1: We have uh, social media to plug as well. Wow.
0: <laughs> we do on YouTube. What difference does it make podcast? And other social media at WDDIM Podcast.
1: Sounds great. Thank you again to Alana. Thank you to you, Holly. Thank you to Pantheon Podcasts. And uh, what else you got, Holly?
0: And thank you to you too, Dave. And happy holidays.
1: All right. We're right in the thick of it. This actually for 2023. This will be our last original episode before we get into the holidays and best ofs and things like that.
0: And classics.
1: And the classics. Very nice. Okay, well, then let's wrap this up like a, like a nice little present, little, uh little bow. Uh, our gift to you. Our gift to you. So, until next time, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later.
0: now.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.